Welcome to a special edition of the Think Home Care podcast. I'm Pat Kelleher, Executive Director of the Home Care Alliance of Massachusetts. The COVID-19 pandemic has created huge challenges to healthcare systems across the globe, including here in Massachusetts. Home care agencies and workers have heroically stepped up to do their part to meet that challenge. For home care managers and executives, it meant a rededication to worker and patient safety. They were pivoting to different priorities on a weekly or almost daily basis, coming up with new clinical guidances, new HR policies, and new workforce training and communication strategies. They reorganized schedules to accommodate homeschooling and quarantine. They reassured patients, families, and workers that home care was taking all safety precautions. As we went off into the unknown, our leaders worked to show a confident face. On the front lines, for the caregivers in the patients' homes, nothing was business as usual. Daily screening of symptoms, new training on donning and doffing protective equipment, and balancing in-person and remote visits were all a new part of their everyday, as was allaying patient and family fear. In some cases, the home care workers were the clients or patients' only visitor on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis. On this podcast, we present some excerpts from the powerful frontline worker stories that we have been collecting at the Home Care Alliance of Massachusetts. They are very real in terms of expressed fears, as well as expressed pride in what they were doing for the ill, the isolated, and in some cases, the dying. The stories are read by students in drama studies at Winthrop Middle School. This is Susie Joseph and Nadia Jolliker from Houseworks, and this is their story. This is Home Care. We split shifts for 24-7 care for Agnes, who lives in senior housing. After she tested positive for COVID-19, some caregivers didn't want to continue on her case. But we wanted to stay and help care for her. Nadia took overnight shifts and Suze took days, 12-hour shifts each. We stayed with her until she tested negative and could move out of quarantine back to her regular floor. We learned to work together as a team to make sure the client was safe and in good hands. Caring for a COVID-19 positive patient can be draining physically and emotionally, and we were always willing to come in a little earlier to relieve each other from a shift. We feel we were able to give the family peace of mind knowing their mother or grandmother was in good hands and safe while the family was unable to visit her. This is Sandra Brown from Houseworks, and this is her story. This is home care. I've been a caregiver for 20 years, and sometimes I've been working up to 12 hours a day with my clients. I recently worked with Edith, a COVID-19 positive patient who also had dementia. She had little memory of why there were masks on or understanding of why hands were being washed so often, which added to the challenge. She didn't like to put on her mask, so I had to work extra hard to be sure both of us were protected. Sometimes she would agree with me and say, okay, I'll do whatever you say, but sometimes she would take off her mask or my mask because she didn't understand. After Edith passed away from COVID-19, I worked with another client until she passed away. I had great relationships with both of their families and really helped them through the ups and downs. 
Sometimes I had to learn new skills, but it's part of the job. Sometimes you need to put their needs before your own, but that's the job and I wouldn't have it any other way. This is Sandra Brown from Houseworks, and this is her story. This is home care. The biggest change with COVID-19 has been the restrictions on the numbers of visitors our clients can have. Sometimes I was Edith's only connection to the outside world. Edith didn't understand why no one was visiting, but you have to find ways to keep them connected to people they love. I always pulled out pictures of her family and put them in front of her and said, this is Rose. These are people in your family. COVID also reinforced the importance of knowing our clients well. Being that I was only I, being that I was the only person with Edith on a regular basis. It was my responsibility to pick up on her changes in behavior or her physical health. I noticed Edith wasn't feeling well and I alerted the doctor that she had a UTI, which we're able to treat right away. It was during her treatment for the UTI that we also found out Edith had COVID-19. During her hospital stay, doctors became concerned when Edith wasn't eating. I had to tell the nurses that Edith was a picky eater. It wasn't because of COVID-19. I told them Edith likes her drinks a little warm and her soup's a bit cold, and if everything else fails, she'll always have dessert. So feed her dessert. It was those kind of tips that got her eating again in the hospital. This is Sue McGran from Partners Healthcare at Home, and this is her story. This is home care. I was asked to care for a patient who had been a resident of a nursing home for over five years. During the COVID crisis, this patient watched nearly all of her friends and roommates pass away. She developed anxiety and depression, and in early July, her physician and family arranged for a discharge to her daughter's home. While at the nursing home, she needed one or two people to transfer onto her scooter. She spent five years scooting and never walked. We admitted her on July 9th, and she began receiving visits from an RN and a PT. Our nurse found some pressure-related skin issues, but in quickly resolved them. The patient was spending 24 hours in a recliner chair, so I quickly secured a hospital bed in a wheelchair. We started physical therapy twice a week, and when she was discharged on August 25th, she was transferring and walking throughout her home with a rolling walker and family supervision, had full access to her bedroom and bathroom, and enjoying visits with the family in the backyard. This case was amazing to be a part of. She had given up hope. Her family was so supportive and followed through on everything I asked the patient. She was so appreciative of our services. I told her that she should be an example to the world about perseverance, and she told me, tell them to call me. I'll give an interview. This is Matthew Smith from Hebrew Senior Life Hospice, and this is his story. This is home care. Serving those in the 10th decade of life is common in our hospice, and one of our 100-year-old patients who was living in a single home in the community with private support had just learned that her geriatric care manager tested positive for coronavirus. Within a week, 
of learning this news, the patient became symptomatic with a high fever and sore throat. Her children, all seniors themselves, became consumed with worry for their own health and safety as well as their moms. The elder, growing even more fragile, was now facing an extremely unsafe situation. On one particular hospice visit, her fever was found to be climbing. She was worsening in respiratory distress and experiencing pain. In what felt like a snapshot picture in the world that moment, the patient's daughter stood outside the private home on the sidewalk too afraid to enter the home. Fortunately though, cross continuum collaboration, this elder continued to receive thoughtful end of life care. Within nine minutes of the hospice nurse walking into the elder's home, she was moved to a bed in a COVID care unit three miles away. A unit created as a part of our continuum of care to meet the growing demand. The patient passed away comfortably and peacefully 15 hours later, and most importantly, not alone. Her family was so very grateful. It made me so proud to be a member of Here Brew Senior Life. This is Jennifer McAleer from Partners Healthcare at Home, and this is her story. This is home care. It begins with the red banner. I open up the chart for one of my admission visits for the day, and I see COVID-19 in bold red letters across the patient's chart. My heart starts to pound a bit faster. My hands become cold and clammy, and I can feel a hitch in my breathing. Thoughts begin to swirl. What do I do? What supplies do I need? Are they still contagious? Do I have the supplies? Do gloves go on first? Do gowns go on first? Do I wear an N95 or surgical mask? When will I get to an office to get the supplies? Will someone be there to give them to me? Once I am able to slow down, I remember the basics. The self-talk begins. Jen, relax. You have been doing this for almost 18 years now. Trust yourself. You're a good nurse. I have successfully been fitted for an N95. I have a decontamination station set up in the back of my van. I do a dry run at home. Practice makes progress. I know how to do this. The patient is someone who works on the front lines himself. A warrior. Someone who bravely serves the public every day. He has a family. He worked at the hospital where he was diagnosed with COVID-19, and he ended up intubated and on a ventilator. I called to explain to the patient's wife that I will need a room, more than six feet away from patient, to get dressed in my gear. I don my gear in the sunroom and leave my jacket near the door. It's incredibly hot underneath all of the gear. As my interview and assessment begins, it becomes clear that there is an invisible toll that COVID-19 has taken on my patient, the psychological one. If you can imagine this frontline warrior, stoic and in control, usually helping and not the one who needs help, I see tears well up in his eyes. He tells of being all alone in the hospital without any family contact other than virtual and telephone. He relays how scary and lonely the dark nights had become. He tells me that it has changed him. He is not just someone who is part of the numbers, the charts, and the protocols emailed, texted, and called to us electronically every day. He is a human who has had an actual life-altering experience, an experience from which will likely take months and years for him to fully process it and heal. I feel honored and privileged to be able to take care of this patient. We did make a real connection. I realize that this is the invaluable and unmeasurable part of nursing that I love. It is the reason why I do this work. However, 
I'd be lying if I told you that the mental load isn't much greater and more exhausting on this in the thick of COVID-19. I get in my car after my decontamination process. I take a deep breath and cry for a good five minutes before I'm able to drive home. The duality of feeling great pride in what I do, but knowing how COVID-19 is changing everyone overwhelms me. It is both a blessing and one of the hardest things I've ever experienced. I look forward to seeing this brave man and his family again in two short days. They need me. I need them. This is Robin Tulin from Beth Israel Leahy Health at Home, and this is her story. This is home care. In mid-April, a peak time during the pandemic, our agency received a call from a very distraught wife of a patient. Her husband had been recently hospitalized after suffering a stroke. He would have benefited from a short stay in rehab, but their fear of contracting the virus was overwhelming, and they opted from home with our services. Once home, the wife was adamant that we provide an exercise plan for the patient, but also adamant that the therapist not enter her home for fear of contracting the COVID virus. We were concerned about providing any recommended treatment without fully evaluating the patient. I contacted the wife and explained the importance of fully evaluating her husband in order to prevent harm, but also to promote effective recuperation. She asked if they could compromise. Would the couple accept the therapist evaluating from outdoors while the patient remained indoors? There was agreement. So I met them from their back porch and evaluated the patient through open doors while the patient remained inside. I continued working with the patient through video visits, educating the wife and the patient regarding treatments and home exercises. Follow-up in-person visits were conducted from their porch. The patient could progress with this plan and emotions of fear and anxiety transitioned into reassurance and hope. This case showed me how I was able to acknowledge both the patient's fear and their needs and develop a creative way to help them gain back valuable funds to me. This is Meredith McNeely and Elena Finney from Merrimack Valley Hospice, and this is their story. This is home. A hundred-year-old Rita D. has struggled in isolation at her home and assisted living in Lawrence. To ease her loneliness, we presented her a tablet and taught her how to conduct video chats. In addition to communicating with her caregiver, social worker, chaplain, and music therapist, Rita was thrilled to have more personal contact with her two daughters, Jean and Shirley, who have been restricted from visiting their respective homes in New Hampshire. Prior to COVID, Rita has been an active member of her community, participating in exercise classes and playing bingo in Pocino. She is known as a fashionista whose jewelry and shoes, some of which she made, match her carefully styled outfits. When we first met Rita in June 2020, she had become quite withdrawn. She's such a people person. It didn't take long until before the compassionate she experienced through the tablet enabled her natural self to shine again. Rita was so pleased to learn new things and quickly found that the tablet preferable to talking on the phone. You get to see people's eyes and their smiles, she said. You don't know how much I've missed that. It can't be overstated how much the video visits have given 
the home health and hospice industry an additional way to provide face-to-COVID stories from the caregivers and the front lines in home care face support. Virtual support to enhance the physical, spiritual, and psychological well-being of our patients and their loved ones. With education and the quick touch of a button, the entire hospice team has the ability to visit the nurse, is able to access a new concern, or the music therapist can engage with the patient in singing along a song. We are excited to see how this tool continues to grow, as well as its ongoing use in our everyday practice. This is Katie Noonan from Hallmark Health VNA and Home Health Foundation, and this is her story. This is home care. I didn't always aspire to be a nurse. My mother was a nurse, and although I admire her and what she did, I didn't think I would still make for it. It's hard to believe I've now been a nurse for 36 years, with the last 26 years in home care. There have been a lot of changes in home health due to COVID-19, and patients are experiencing a lot of anxiety. We review their symptoms over the phone prior to each visit, so we're not walking into an exposure situation without being aware of it. We also run down what they can expect from us before we come into their home. A lot of it is allying fear and reassuring that we practice good hand hygiene, wear masks and gloves, and maintain proper technique in general. I try to see my patients with COVID-19 last, so I can go straight home afterwards. Even though I'm wearing full protective equipment, I put a garbage bag by their door so when I'm leaving, I can carefully remove my protective equipment and put it inside the bag to be disposed of. When I get to my car, I properly wash any equipment that was with me using a new pair of gloves that I then put in the bag in the back seat and throw away when I get home. Maintaining good technique has always been important in home care, but now so more than ever. As a home care nurse, I am also seeing patients recovering from COVID-19. One nice moment was with a woman in her 80s who was 14 days post-diagnosed. Her temperature was flat and she was presumed recovered. And she and I both said, Isn't this wonderful? You survived it. As a nurse, I'm solution-driven. My attitude is we've identified the problem, so now what can we do? I trust that the appropriate scientists are working on developing a vaccine and treatment, and I'm hopeful that we all emerge from this with lessons to return to a simpler life and enough knowledge to expect pandemics to be better prepared in the future. Life will be different, but in some ways, I believe it will be better. My advice for others during this uncertain time is to please wear a face mask and not question it. Don't discard your clothes on the street, and don't judge if you see a home care nurse going to a house wearing full personal protective equipment. This is Melanie Correa from Merrimack Valley Hospice, and this is her story. This is home care. Never did I think I would encounter a pandemic during my nursing career, but here it is. Knowing I would be provided the proper personal protective equipment, PPE, I had no hesitations about working in the new precaution unit our agency established at High Pointy House in Lawrence. I'm proud to work at the first hospice house in Massachusetts that is caring for individuals at end of life who are also positive for COVID-19. 
I arrived for my shift early because the nurse I'm replacing has been in PPE for hours and I know how anxious I feel when it is getting close to the end of my shift. Prior to COVID, I enjoyed doing my hair and makeup for work. I was a hairstylist for 23 years before becoming a nurse and I don't think that love of doing hair and makeup ever goes away. But now my hair is always up and I don't put on makeup. Instead, I wear a gown, Envo mask, face shield, two pairs of gloves, and a hairnet. During my shift, I work with a care partner. We are continuously checking our patients, giving scheduled medications as well as medications as needed to manage symptoms, and coordinating Skype calls with the nurse practitioner, social worker, and chaplain. The hardest part is making phone calls with families to say goodbyes to their loved ones. I find I'm always talking to myself, saying it will be okay, but it's tough. Patients can't see a comforting smile when we walk into a room, and that is hard. Even more so when you can tell they're afraid and you want them to know it will be okay. Patients with COVID-19 can have symptoms that need to be managed often. We do a lot of education with families. We want them to understand what we are doing for their loved ones how we are treating their symptoms and assure them that they are comfortable. Under the current guidelines, families are allowed to visit for an hour if their loved one is passing a minute. This is another difficult part. We are so used to patients being able to have their loved ones at the bedside when they pass. They have us nurses and care partners, but it's not the same. I am someone who doesn't usually cry, but lately I have been crying a lot more. At the end of my shift, when I finally get to take off my PPE, there is not a better feeling. I get dressed into a change of clothes, and everything is bleached and put into a bag. Once home, I shower and wash my scrubs right away. Another tough part of this is coming home and having my son wait up for me. He waits up every time I work. He just wants to make sure I am okay. He knows at this point he can't give me a hug or a kiss. He has to wait until I am showered first. A positive note is my daughter, who really did not know what she wanted to do for a career, now knows she wants to be a nurse. I think that's amazing. I do feel safe in my PPE and there's no question I want to care for patients with COVID-19. Just like any other communicable disease, nurses have an amazing ability to hide their fear or anxiety and give all they have to deliver the best care for their patients. As hard as this is, I'm honored to be doing my part for my patients and community. This is Maureen Collier and Mary Jo Koopman from All Care VNA and Hospice, and this is their story. This is Home Care. As of August of 2020, our VNA and Hospice have cared for 273 patients with COVID. From the start of the pandemic, we swiftly worked to secure enough PPE to keep our patients and employees safe. We were fortunate to receive donations from over 50 different agencies. City of Lynn, Cambridge, Somerville, Boston Public Health Commission, and Alcohol Distribution Company. These organizations donated masks, gloves, sanitizer, soap, googles, and gowns. 
We received enough cloth masks to give each of our staff two each as well. We also partnered with a non-profit Hope and Comfort for hygiene products that they donated to us to distribute to patients to help stop the spread of the infection. There were so many memorable patient stories, but one in particular that we would like to share was a patient of our VNA who was declining quickly. He wanted to be able to speak with his priest, who also happened to be on service with our agency. We coordinated a FaceTime call with the patient and the priest. The patient received the sacrament of the sick during this call. The priest commented that this was the first time in over 65 years of being a priest that he had ever conducted the last rites via audio or visual. Both were amazed by the technology and our staff thinking creatively on how to make things happen during these very unsettling times. In two days, we also organized a social distance car parade for the patient who was very active in the local community and politics. This was attended by the mayor of Boston, state representative from the second Suffolk district, and the commissioner of the Veterans Affairs for the state of Massachusetts. We had over 100 cars join in the parade, including several of our staff with their VNA cars. The family and community were very appreciative of our work and being able to coordinate and orchestrate something like this so quickly. This is Elaine Buckley from All Care VNA and Hospice, and this is her story. This is home care. Our private home care division had been servicing an elderly couple, Mr. and Mrs. C, since 2018. This care was really for the wife, but the aides frequently helped the husband. On April 20th, the husband was transported to the hospital because of a fall. His son called us three days later, worried for his dad and our aides because his dad tested positive for COVID. His mom was presumed positive. All the aides who worked with this couple continued with her services without hesitation. Our field supervisor took over responsibility for extra training of the aides to manage precautions. She also made several visits to help coordinate FaceTime calls with Mrs. C and her family. The first visit was to FaceTime with Mrs. C and the nurse taking care of her husband at Winchester Hospital before he died. A second visit was for Mrs. C to FaceTime with her daughter. In May, it looked as though Mrs. C was going to complete the 14-day quarantine without developing symptoms. Yet, on a subsequent visit, our aide noticed a significant change in Mrs. C's status. The aide supervisor came to the home and confirmed worsened respiratory status and weakness. We were able to reach her son and daughter and facilitated a home visit with their kids, six feet apart, before Mrs. C had to be sent to the hospital. This is Aletha Inouye from Brockton VNA, and this is her story. This is home care. As I think about what is happening in home care with COVID, I am first happy that I still have a job during this pandemic, unlike others who are working in other places and industries. I love my COVID-19 patients and have come to see they are not just dealing on the physical COVID-19 disease, but they are also dealing with isolation and loneliness. I had a patient who is dealing with grieving from the death of her husband, and yet her children can only see her from a distance. I always told her, let me be your daughter for now. 
Her smiles just made me realize that all the effort and risk I do is all worth it. It is definitely challenging in ways that it takes more of your time to put on the PPE and you need to plan ahead before you see your patient. The most important thing is to know where the garbage bins are so you know where to don and doff your PPE. This is Miriatu from Aberdeen Home Care, Inc., and this is her story. This is home care. There was so much to learn and so fast. Sometimes it was like hard to read and write. I liked having videos to watch. Our executive director sent out a lot of videos to explain things. I could watch them a couple of times so I didn't miss anything. I felt strong in my work because of the attention I got from Aberdeen. They knew it was scary and did a lot to make us feel safe. This is Kim Trebucco from Partners Healthcare at Home, and this is her story. This is home care. This pandemic has shaken up most of us to our core, yet at the same time, it's helping us know what is important. Victor Frankl, a Holocaust survivor and author of Man's Search for Meaning, writes, Forces beyond your control can take away everything you possess except one thing, your freedom to choose how you respond to situations. I draw my strength from friends and family who know what exactly what it is like to do this job in a pandemic and who have taught me in p- patience and what it means to be true friends. Checking in when you're feeling low or had a terrible day. What we all do is so important to keep people living and functioning. I have learned to understand people's fears and be honest about my own. My strength is a shared effort and I hope you will all grow as we work through these COVID stories from the caregivers on the front lines and the home care challenge. We are very lucky to have an awesome manager who cares for the team and for myself. I feel confident in calling my colleagues anytime knowing they actually care about my life. I have also felt this from other clinicians working in the office or out in the field. When they say we are all in this together, we really are. I'm praying that we will all get stronger and stay healthy this time, that we will all value the people we love and keep striving and become more human. This is Pamela, a hospice nurse from Hebrew Senior Life, and this is her story. This is home care. I arrive at the assisted living facility. My patient is near death with COVID. Unrecognizable staff hover about in head-to-toe PPE. The patient isn't breathing, cried one aide. Then I hear another calling for help with the patient, and then another. I was in battlefield. I was overwhelmed with sadness and using adrenaline to help me to help those who could no longer help themselves. This is Kim Portello from Hebrew Senior Life Home Care, and this is her story. This is home care. As the pandemic continued to evolve, so did the care needs of the elderly. As smart, committed healthcare providers, We kept applying focus on symptom occurrence every day, seeking to better understand a pattern only to realize that symptoms seem to be evolving, morphing into something different each day. What was happening to our elderly? One of our home care patients began reporting not feeling well. Nothing reported was in line with COVID symptoms, but still, normal was no more and her physician made the decision to test her. 
doing so was critical, not only for her well-being, but for the well-being of the other 89 seniors living in the same senior housing community. A trip to an emergency room seemed unnecessary and possibly unsafe. Despite being skilled in offering COVID testings in the home, our agency was unable to obtain a kit on this particular day. The ordering physician proposed a collaborate effort. He had a kit and willingness to deliver it. While he stood outside, the home care nurse performed the test, passed it off to the physician who hand-delivered it to the lab at 4 p.m. on a Friday. Test was run, results in place by early Saturday a.m. This had been COVID. Teamwork, collaboration, do whatever it takes. The little things that turn out to be not so little. This has been COVID. Healthcare strong. This is Lori W. from Aberdeen Home Care, Inc., and this is her story. This is home care. As a nurse and team leader of a 24-hour case I work on for Aberdeen, I worked closely with the office to make sure that we were in full compliance with all of the COVID regulations. Managing visitors, family, change of shift, keeping the team schedule very tight, and teaching all the caregivers about being strict in their personal lives to reduce all risk. We all remained COVID-free, as did our client. We have changed the way we do things now, and I don't think relax any of the ways we have stepped up our infection control. This is Marley Boehner from Merrimack Valley Hospice, and this is her story. This is home care. Merrimack Valley Hospice nurse Marley Bioner, RN, is dedicated to delivering specialized, compassionate comfort care to patients at the end of their life's journey. A lesser known but equally important aspect of Bioner's work is the care which she extends to patients and their families, soothing anxiety while gaining an understanding of their wishes. Especially now in this era of COVID-19, where surrogates for family members who can't be at their loved one's bedsides due to visitation restrictions, Bioner said, Providing families with that connection is crucial to our goal of delivering compassionate, personalized care. Manchester, New Hampshire resident Linda Barron, whose parents died from COVID-19 just 59 hours apart from one another, agrees that the collaborative effort between patients, their medical and hospice teams, and family members can be transformative. I'm still grieving, but I take strength from knowing that the medical professionals who cared for my parents took a vested interest in who they were as people, she said noting that the caregivers played music for her parents from the 1950s to give their hearts joy. Because I couldn't be there, she added, they listened to what I knew would make my parents comfortable. That means the world. Longtime Malden residents Leo and Anna Barron met while working at Sears and Roebuck's and welcomed daughters Linda and Donna, as well as three granddaughters during their 58-year marriage. Linda Barron describes them as soulmates who did everything together, including ballroom dancing every Saturday night for 25 years. They remained, they remained devoted to one another even after both developed Alzheimer's disease, eventually requiring assisted living at the same time. They declined together, but their love never wavered, she recalled. Until the end, the most important thing to my dad was taking care of my mom. In April 2020, Leo Barron was diagnosed with COVID-19. 
Anna Barron tested positive in May during her parents' subsequent hospitalization at Parkland Medical Center in Derry, New Hampshire. Linda Barron had to rely on daily telephone updates on her physical condition and emotional state due to COVID-19 imposed visitor re- restrictions. She sent photos to decorate her parents' hospital room and shared family stories so the, so the staff at Parkland Medical Center would be able to further to connect with her parents on a personal level. When Leo Barron's condition worsened, Parkland Medical Center and Merrimack Valley Hospice collaborated to move the couple to a shared room at High Point House, an acute hospice residence in Haverhill that provides a home-like alternative to hospitalization for patients in need of specialized end-of-life care. In fact, High Point House was the first hospice house in Massachusetts to open a special unit for the end-of-life patients who are also COVID-19 positive. I told my dad, this is where you and mom are going to be together again. He said, you girls are beautiful. I love you, recalled Linda Barron, who brought the couple's newspaper, favorite fruit, and clothing during her daily visits at High Point House, which were limited to one hour due to COVID-19 restrictions. My parents took their wedding vows very seriously, and the beautiful part of this was that they passed away with the comfort knowing they were side by side. Leo Barron lost his battle with COVID-19 on May 29th. Anna Barron died at age 86 on May 31st while holding on to one of her husband's t-shirts on what would have been his 85th birthday. Eileen Keefe, chief nursing officer at Parkland Medical Center, said her team was grateful for the opportunity to care for the Barons and work closely with Merrimack Valley Hospice to honor their family's wishes. Our care team takes tremendous pride in connecting with our patients. In this case, Mr. Barron expressed that he felt that he had left his post as his wife's caregiver and he desired to be back in that role, Keefe said. It was very important for the Barron family and us to work closely with the Merrimack Valley Hospice to ensure they would continue to carry out the family's wishes of keeping them together in a comforting and supportive environment. We were honored to care for Linda's parents and make a difference not only for such a special couple, but for their entire family, said Linda Miller. RN, Clinical Director of High Point House and Hospice Admissions. We do find that many families of patients struggle, which is why we, as caregivers, are so attuned to their needs as well. Merrimack Valley Hospice offers free virtual bereavement services, which are open to the community. In addition, Linda Barron said her healing process has been assisted by knowing that the medical team's filled my shoes and provided my parents with the respect, dignity, and human connection that they deserved. My sister and I feel that Parkland Medical Center and Merrimack Valley Hospice treated my mom and dad and us like family. She added, for the first time, I didn't feel like an advocate as much as simply my parents' daughter. This story comes from All Care VNA. This is Home Care. During this dark period that has been for our patients and their families, our staff has had interactions that made a meaningful difference. A patient that was residing in a skilled nursing facility had no outside contact with their family, and although they verbal their approaching end of life quickly. 
She had been one of the lucky ones to have not been diagnosed with COVID at this time, but protocol still said no family was allowed in the facility. One of our RN case managers took time on two different occasions to not only provide superior care to her patient, but also assist her with FaceTime so she could see her family and share her goodbyes with them. Another special moment was when two of our chaplains met a family outside of a home to provide spiritual support as their family member faced their final moments. The patient themselves was a veteran, one of our chaplains, and drove far from her usual territory to provide them with prayer and support as well as salute her fellow veteran. This is from a senior registered nurse at All Care VNA, and this is their story. This is Home Care. As a clinician, we believe in the benefits of human touch, and it has been difficult to maintain without gloved hands, as I feel it's more cold and impersonable. There was increased awareness of infection control policies, and maintaining hygiene, for example, bag technique, and hand washing and sanitizing. Our clinicians have mentioned that they need more time to decompress at the end of the day in order to maintain a healthy sleeping schedule, as this level of stress can negatively affect a healthy lifestyle. Talking Home Care is a production of the Home Care Alliance of Massachusetts. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. For more information about our association, visit us at www.thinkhomecare.org. Thank you.